keeping the Sabbath holy is a command. It's not a friendly suggestion. It's not something to consider. It's not a time management strategy to employ if you find that it works for you. It's a command. It's one of the top ten, right up there with don't kill. And don't steal or covet and love God. It's right up there in the big ten, in the imperative voice. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Period. It's a command. We don't much like commands. I know that I don't. I've been told I'm quite stubborn. And one sure way to get me to dig my heels in is to tell me what to do. Command me to do a thing, and you can be pretty certain that I won't. Even if I sort of want to. Yeah, I'm stubborn. I came out 30 days late, and so the doctor told mom I was always going to be a stubborn one. (laughs) There is something about being commanded that raises my hackles, and I don't think I'm alone in this. Just look at the culture around us, this independent-minded, bootstrappy U.S. American dreaming culture of ours. We do not like to be commanded. In its most insidious form, it sounds like this. These colors don't run. But you don't need to go to the pickup truck bumper sticker of the back roads of this country to find this anti-command posture. Like I told you, you don't have to look any further than me. (laughs) Or probably the person sitting next to you. Or if you're feeling extra brave, perhaps yourself. Just look around at this independent group of folks in this very room. We are smart, we are capable, we have good creative ideas, we teach our kids to be strong, and we honor their distinctive individualities. We don't like to be commanded. Encouraged, sure. Supported, most certainly. Empowered, you better believe it. Commanded? Mm. We don't much do command. Even when it's God doing the commanding. We like a nicer God, a gentler God, a more loving God who blesses us in living out our passions, an adoring God who thinks we're the bee's knees, a God who shares all the values that we have and is irritated with all the same people we're irritated with. (laughs) Now, we're not total softies. We can deal with some challenging stuff from God. We like a God who challenges us in all the ways that we like to be challenged. (laughs) The ways that we know we need to be challenged according to the values that we hold most dear. You know, those same values that God has. But a God who commands, a God who commands us, a God who commands us to do something we're not doing, we're not doing very well, something we think is impossible or unrealistic, we just don't really do command. It's so unsavory. So it's tricky to write a sermon about something that we've been commanded to do because I'm going to lose a whole bunch of you right out of the gates. I probably already have. But I've played with it this week. I've attempted to wrestle it into submission. I have pondered adding some veggie stock to thin it out a bit, make it stretch a bit further. I've seriously considered dumbing it down, making it more palatable to our 21st century ears, but I keep coming back 
to the stark and difficult truth of it, we've been commanded to remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy. Now, we dislike being commanded so much, or at least I do, that at this point I can't help but try to logic myself out of this corner of nearly impossible expectations and dramatic failures. The book of Exodus is an ancient text written for an ancient people in a culture, time, and space so dramatically different than ours that to take this command and to slap it onto us is ludicrous. It's anachronistic to read ourselves back into the ancient Hebrew people's story. In other words, God didn't command me personally to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. The ancient Hebrew people in attempting to figure out how to live their lives of faith in relationship with their God, wrote their account of their understanding of God's will for their lives. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy is something that those ancient Hebrews collectively agreed that they heard God calling them to. I could do some very sound, historical, critical, exegetical work and make a very good case that this command simply is not for us. But I just can't shake it. I can't shake the nagging starkness of this thought and this sense that we've been commanded to remember the Sabbath, to keep it holy, right alongside being commanded not to kill. We've been commanded to keep the Sabbath. Why can't I shake, then, this thought and this sense about the command? Well, I can... As you know, as I alluded to earlier, the Sabbath command does keep some very good company. The rest of the big top ten have stood the test of time pretty well. Don't have any other little gods that you put before the big God, the creator God, the source of all life and love. Keep that God first. Yep. Don't make an idol of anything less than that God. Don't be willing to worship or pledge your allegiance to anything less than that creator God. Yeah. Don't make wrongful use of God's name. In other words, don't attach God's name to things or ideologies or activities where God's name does not belong. Do not make wrongful use of God's name. Yeah. Honor your parents. This is maybe the harder one. Don't blindly obey them for the rest of your lives, but honor them. Yeah. Don't murder. Mm-hmm. Don't commit adultery. Yep. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Don't lie about them for any reason. Check. Don't covet your neighbor's possessions. All right. And to round out the Big Ten, the Big Ten that have really stood the test of time pretty well, remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. It's keeping pretty good company. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. And very specifically, as we heard in our brief reading from Exodus, don't work on the Sabbath. And don't make anyone else work either or anything else. Animals and the earth included. All of this is specified in the commandment, which is the longest and the most detailed of all the commandments, incidentally. 
Don't labor and don't make anyone else labor for you. Your rest should not be built on the backs of others. Why? Why should we remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? Well, according to this longest and most detailed of all the commandments, we are commanded to remember the Sabbath and keep it holy because God rested. Because God rested after laboring to create the cosmos. Because God blessed a Sabbath day. Because God consecrated that Sabbath rest and gave it to us as a gift, making it holy. As Barbara Brown Taylor points out, the first holy thing in all of creation is Sabbath. Everything up until that point is good, or even very good. And the first holy thing, the first sacred thing, is Sabbath. And that makes Sabbath, as Abraham Heschel wrote, a palace in time. Isn't that a lovely image? A palace in time, into which human beings are invited every single week of their lives. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. So why don't we, generally speaking? (laughs) Why don't we remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? Well, for starters... We no longer have the assistance of a surrounding culture that helps us remember and keep. We no longer live in a culture that essentially shuts down one day each week. And I'm not advocating for the return of blue laws. Don't misunderstand me. We are no longer forced to do all of our shopping before stores close for Sunday. We no longer have that culturally enforced day set apart. So a particular Sabbath day is not as simply or easily remembered and kept. We are, to put it frankly, far too valuable as consumers. Each minute a store is closed is a minute that we consumers cannot spend our money there. And even if we did magically go back to a time when retail and restaurants and everybody just sort of agreed to take a weekly day off, whether that was... Sunday or Saturday or Wednesday is lovely. Amazon is not likely to shut down. So we can be consumers anytime the great beast, Amazon.com, is awake. Which is to say, we can be consumers any moment of any day of our lives. And so for starters, I think we don't remember and keep Sabbath because we aren't handed a day in which we can't consume. We aren't handed a day a break from being consumers. We don't have the surrounding culture shutting down all around us, inviting us to shut down with it. So that's for starters. Why else, though? Certainly we are strong-willed enough to stand up to surrounding culture, aren't we? In fact, in many other cases, we actually take a great deal of pride in being countercultural in claiming a way of Jesus that is different from the culture around us. So we don't need the culture to hand us Sabbath. We don't even need the culture to support us in our efforts of Sabbath keeping. All we need to do is to decide and do it. So why else don't we? Why don't we remember the Sabbath and keep it holy? Well, Barbara Taylor gets to another answer, a deeper answer to this question when she notes that being busy is how our culture measures worth. 
This is not new information to us, but it is real. If we remember and keep Sabbath, what will be our worth? What are we worth if we're unplugged? Are we worthy at all? Be wary of stopping the frenetic pace, friends, because these sorts of questions may come to you. If I stop, am I worthy? Taylor gets at this other answer, this deepest answer, deeper answer, when she confesses that limiting my activity does not help me feel holy. Doing more feels holy. And I, speaking for myself, I know that I'm not just putting on a show. When you ask me how my day was and I respond, it was really great, it was so productive. Or when I say, eh, just not that great. I just did not get as much done as I wanted to today. And I'm not putting on a show. I'm not trying to impress you with my busyness in those answers. I'm not just falling prey to the malaise of the culture around us that measures worthiness by busyness. That's genuine. A productive day feels really good. It's satisfying. It's energizing. And then those days when I'm trying to plug away at a thing and I just can't get through it or I keep getting distracted by other things, like that just feels bad. That's sincere. That does not feel good. So again, that's not just falling prey to the culture's malaise. It really does feel bad to have tried to get things done and not been able to get very far. It's very unsatisfying and frustrating and deflating. It does not feel holy. So on a slightly deeper level, perhaps we don't remember and keep Sabbath because not keeping Sabbath actually feels holier to us. Keeping busy feels holier to us. Or if not holy, at least it feels better. It feels good to be productive. When was the last time someone asked you how your day was and you said, It was great. I did absolutely nothing. Nothing that could be called productive anyway. I didn't read or write a single email. I didn't even turn on my computer. I turned off my phone and the television. I didn't buy a single thing. I didn't drive my car. I got zilch done and it was awesome. Even if we felt that way, we might be embarrassed. Karl Barth is a Swiss theologian, and he once wrote, a being is free only when it can determine and limit its activity. I'm going to say that one more time. A being is free only when it can determine and limit its activity. And maybe this is why I can't shake the thought in the sense that God commands this. Remember the Sabbath, keep it holy, a command worthy of the top ten, a command that keeps company with thou shalt not kill, a command that shares with that non-killing command the value of the sacredness of life, my life, your life. The sacredness of all life depends on your willingness to heed this most vital command, remember the Sabbath, keep it holy. Maybe Bart's reflection is true, that a being is only free when it can determine and limit its activity. And maybe God knew that we were going to be unable to pull this off on our own. Maybe God knew just how important it was that we be free. That is, that we determine 
and limit our activity. So maybe God conceived of this command to save us from ourselves, to ensure our freedom. Maybe it was out of great love for us, for our very lives, and for the life of creation and the cosmos, which goodness knows needs us to rest. Maybe it was out of that great love that God commands us, and not just the ancient Hebrew people, but us. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Now, a quick word as I begin to move towards closing. I could be wrong, and I'm clearly not Jewish, but I don't think God much minds if you remember and keep the Sabbath on Saturday or Sunday or Tuesday, for that matter. As you all know, I have a particular fondness for Friday, and Friday Sabbath hikes in particular. However, as Taylor rightly points out, Sabbath will be easier and perhaps more meaningful if remembered and kept with others. So there is truth to that communal and collective sharing and claiming and receiving of Sabbath together. And I think God would be delighted by our efforts if we started by remembering and keeping Sabbath even for a few hours. And I could preach a whole different sermon on Jesus saying, no, 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 so that he could say yes to his truest and deepest calling. And finally, Sabbath is a gift. You don't have to make it. You don't have to create it from whole cloth. You don't have to do anything except receive the gift that God is ready to give, to simply be with God, to abide with God. I know I said finally, but one more, and this is it, I promise. You may have read in one of my newsletters that uh, I actually wrote during our snowpocalypse this past winter about the Sabbath Manifesto. It's a project of uh, some contemporary younger Jews reimagining Jewish traditions, ancient Jewish traditions, like the practice of Sabbath for contemporary life. And in the spirit of slow movement, this slow food, slow living kind of thing, they invite people to consider just taking a bit of time each week. They write, deadlines and paperwork be damned. And they've established 10 principles in the spirit of Sabbath. And now on most Fridays when I claim Sabbath, or when I claim at least part of the day as Sabbath, I try to choose three or four of these 10 to help guide my experience of Sabbath. And they're pretty simple, but I still have them written down on my mirror. Avoid technology. Connect with loved ones. Nurture your health. Get outside. Avoid commerce. Light candles. Drink wine. Eat bread. Find silence. Give back. Simple. 
And when any one of them, and I claim different ones for different weeks, kind of following a sense of call or longing or ache, when any one of them is claimed and practiced with intention, it can be so restorative. For example, when I choose eat bread, which I'm going to tell you is a fairly common one that I choose <laughs> as one of my Sabbath practices, I simply bring more intention into something that is otherwise mundane. I might be, if I choose eat bread as a Sabbath practice, I might be more likely to bake a loaf of bread, for example. Or I might spend a little more, and then I can't do avoid commerce on the same day if I do this, uh, spend a little more and support a local small bakery that I want to support. Or I might simply savor it. It might just be regular old bread, but I pour a little plate of olive oil and rip it off and have a bite and taste it, really taste it. In that intention, claiming eating bread as Sabbath practice. I claim the moment, the being, the abiding with God, the simplicity, and not feeling bad because the world is a dumpster fire that you should be doing something about in this and every moment. Well, that's true. (laughs) Instead, embracing a moment fully because this being, this bite, this savoring is precisely what will sustain your return to the world. It's precisely what is going to sustain your return to a world of unceasing brokenness and immeasurable beauty. That world will be there. Have the moment. Return to it sustained. So, friends, as you consider claiming some Sabbath in your life, remembering it, keeping it holy. I invite you to interpret and implement this as it seems restful and restorative to you. I don't think the point is to get it right according to someone else's rules of how you ought to Sabbath. I think the point is to receive the gift that God is extending. To receive it in everyday and perhaps epic ways. How might you Sabbath? We're going to sing, and then we're going to savor bread together. So I invite you to turn to um, I Sought the Lord. I didn't write it down. 506 or 7? 6. 506 in your blue hymnals. I think this is a lovely Sabbath. I just love love this. Um, I sought the Lord, and afterward I knew, and you can use whatever pronouns you like, she moved my heart to seek her seeking me, that mutual, circular seeking of us and God. Shall we stand in body or in spirit for this? Let's do that.